And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountains apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. This was long before Bob Seeger was running against the wind. The disciples were running against the wind. At the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled and saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake of them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee under the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the winds boisterous, he was afraid. And he began to sink, and he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Let's go to Mark chapter 6 and verse 47. Mark chapter 6 and verse 47. And when evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them, contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed them by. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. And they saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And when he went up into the ship, and the wind ceased. I want somebody to look at that, verse 51. And when he went up into the ship, the wind ceased. And they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondering. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their hearts were hardened. Then Psalms chapter 46 and 10. Be still and know that I am God, and I will be exalted among the, I can't read my own writing, among the heathen, and I will be exalted. Be still and know. For the next few minutes, I know that I'm speaking to people that are feeling vulnerable, people that are feeling betrayed. There are people in this congregation under the sound of my voice that are feeling hurt. There are people that are here that are tired. There are people here that are exhausted, not only physically, but emotionally and even spiritually. Some of you are overwhelmed. Some of you are paralyzed with fear. Some of you are fatigued. Stress has gotten the best of you. Some of you are grieving. Some of you are financially frustrated. You're running against the wind. You don't feel like you're going anywhere, but you still feel like you're rowing. But you're running against the wind. You're in a dark valley. Depression has held on for you too long. You feel broken. And you're in a crisis. You feel defeated. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, the enemy's job in the last days is to wear out the saints of the Most High. The enemy won't let you go. He won't let up. You're tired. You're worn out. You're ready to throw in the towel. You ask the question, when is it going to stop? Things are getting worse instead of getting better. You feel as if there's no hope. It's useless. I've come to tell you today from Missouri, those are all lies from the enemy. Those are all lies from the enemy. I want you to draw out of the word today what he's given in my heart for your congregation.
Lord, I love you, and I thank you for these great people of Moss Hill. God, I thank you for the pastor and his family. I'm thankful for our friendship, but most importantly, I'm thankful that we have you in common, Lord. I'm thankful for the love that you have for this congregation and these people, and I'm praying for a special touch. Lord, I'm praying that you will open the hearts of these people to receive your word, to receive the anointed word. Lord, that this word find good soil because it's the seed. Lord, to cultivate their spirit right now and let them be open to receive what you have for them. Shut the mouth of the lion and open their hearts to receive your word, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For the next few minutes, I want to preach this thought still in the storm. Now, it's twofold. You can be seated. It's a twofold title because some of you are still in the storm, but you're going to make it through. But the Lord wants me to tell somebody in this room to be still in the storm. Be still in the storm. Because in Psalms chapter 46 and verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted on the earth. Be still and know. What Psalms 46, 10 instructs us to do is to be still and know that he is God. The Hebrew phrase be still literally means to put your hands down to the side and to relax. Stop trying to force things together. Stop trying to figure this all out. Stop trying to be God. Put your hands down to your side and just relax. Let God take over in this storm. Be still in the storm. Still in the storm. Now, I just made a list of things that I said that I feel like I'm speaking to people that are vulnerable and betrayed and hurt and tired, exhausted, overwhelmed, paralyzed with fear, fatigued, stressed, grieving, financially frustrated. And when things are going haywire, when things are not going my way, when I am rowing with all my might and I feel like I'm getting nowhere, I have a hard problem relaxing. I have a hard problem I want to fix it. How many of you husbands, when your wife starts talking to you, they get the third word out and you're already got, all right, I can figure this out. As soon as she takes a breath, I'm going to jump in and tell her, this is what you need to do to fix it. Some of you ain't even act like you heard what I just said because you're scared of her. I'm scared of her too, but she's a long further away from me and I've got a microphone. But I'll, I'll, I'll be talking to my wife and she must see it in my eyes because she'll say, I don't want you to fix it, just listen to me. You know, I wonder how many times we've told God how to be God. You know, Lord, I can't, I, I've been praying for my son to get back into the church, and it seems like he's getting further away from you. You know, why don't you just draw him into the congregation? Why don't, you, why don't you let him wake up in the night and have a nightmare or something? And you're telling God how to be God. And he wants to look at you and say, I don't need you to fix this. I got it. Just put your hands down. Relax. Stop trying to force things. Stop trying to make things happen. There's nothing worse than trying to make something happen and it falls forward or falls on its face. But be still. Be still. When you're overwhelmed, be still. Relax. It's hard to relax. It's hard to relax in those situations. 
It's not easy to stand still. Our instincts just try to keep our hands in there, try to get it all put together. But in Psalms chapter 46, first through three verses, it says, God is our refuge and strength. Isn't that encouraging? Always ready to help in the time of trouble. This is the New Living Translation. So when we not fear when the earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea, let the oceans roar and foam, let the mountains tremble and the waters surge. Look at those words. Times of trouble, earthquakes, crumble, roar, tremble, surge. The situation being described as the desperate earth appears to be in the brink of destruction. It's, it's the worst case scenario. How many of you are worst case scenario people? You get a headache and you're like, oh my God, I got a brain tumor. Or worry warts. My dad was a worry wart. He always worried about everything. He said, you know, I'd say, man, wouldn't it be nice to win a million dollars? He said, you know how many taxes they're going to take out of that? I don't care how many taxes they're going to take out. Wouldn't it be nice to get a brand new truck? You drive it off the lot, it loses $5,000. I don't care. I'm driving a 98 with 230,000 miles all rusted out. I'd take a $5,000 hit to be in a nice GMC. God is able. I started to say punk kids, but I guess I shouldn't say that from the pulpit. Driving these jacked up trucks that mom bought them. My mom did My dad bought me a 1974 rusted out Monte Carlo. And he said, when you tear that one up, we'll get you something else. He shouldn't have told me that. And if my kids ever do this, Breathe's getting ready to drive, she got her permit. I would drive down the highway and throw that thing in park. (laughs) And then when I had to fix it, I realized he wasn't going to get it for me. I was going to work and get it for myself. So I learned the hard way. But these, these words, this earth appears as it's brink of destruction, and it's just a worst-case scenario. It's out of control. And he's saying to us, just, just, just relax. Be still. Be still. Just calm down. I've got this. I've got this. I'm thankful I know who I'm letting it all go to, though. I'm thankful that he's got it all figured out. He knows how to take care of this because when we look at a puzzle piece and it's all just kind of puzzle pieces everywhere and he's looking at the box with the picture on it and he's seeing what it's going to be and I'm seeing just a pile of pieces. I just want to bring my pieces to him. I want to bring it to the master's house and say, here, I want to submit this to you because you know what the future is going to hold. You know what it's going to look like. You know when this building's going up. You know when this building's going to be paid for. You know all of those things. So I'm just going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to put my hands down the side and I'm just going to believe that you're going to take care of it. To know, to know he is God, to know that he loves us, to know that he's not confused, to know that he dots every I and he crosses every T. He's into the details. Be still and know. So step back and watch God work. Quit trying to make things go together your way because he is your refuge. He is your help in the time of trouble. He's going to be there. So you just be still in the storm. Still in the storm. I want to remind somebody today, he knows the beginning from the end. God knows that you have what it takes. So when the enemy tells you you can't, you actually know that you can. Because God knows he has equipped us for this. Before you face the storm, he actually is equipping you for what you're facing right now. Because when you come through this, when you come through this, everything's going to be all right. You're still in a storm. You're going through it. But you know what? You're going to get out on the other side. But you're not 
you're still in the storm. Some of us are still in the physical storm, in the spiritual storm. We're still in the storm. We're still in it. But some of us need to stop panicking, stop fretting, and because I'm in the storm. In the storm. Put your hands down on your side and let the Lord take this. Because you can't really know him as the peace speaker until your life's in chaos. And he has to speak peace. You can't really know him as a healer until your body needs healing. You can't know him as a way maker. When I get into this vein, I feel like I should write a song. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. That, that sounds good, doesn't it? And he's a, you're in the same vein. Who was this? He's a promise keeper. That's who you are. But I don't, I can't know him as a way maker until I don't know the way. But he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I've just got to trust him. I just got to trust him. I just got to trust him. I just got to trust him. I, I got to know him. I got to know that he's my refuge. I got to know that he's my strength. I got to know that he's my hope. I've got to know that he is my everything. He's my everything. He's my everything. If I could sing like your pastor, I'd sing a little bit. He's everything. He's everything to me. I just got to know him. Just got to get my hands down on the side. It's so difficult for me. It's so difficult for a lot of people because we don't want to put our hands down. We want to we wanna get it. We want to do it. And I know faith without works. I understand all of those things. But he's saying to you, stop being afraid. Stop panicking. Stop losing it. Stop freaking out. I don't know if God would say that, but I'm saying it. Just put your hands down. Still in the storm. But why does it seem like it's always getting worse instead of getting better? How many's ever had something promised to you? Let's just say a lost loved one. The Lord promises you the lost... We had our, our church in, in Bonterre, Missouri. We were prophesied over that we were going to be a church that restored the, the prodigals. So that was on a Saturday at a meeting. And my, my way of doing it is that Sunday morning, I opened the doors and I'm like, how did you all get in here? Every prodigal that I know in that area would have come to that service on Sunday. But that's not how God decided to do it. Because that's how I would have done it. Why wait? But now I'm talking to prodigals and one called me and said, hey, I want you to baptize my friend. They've been diagnosed with cancer and this, that, and the other. And then I said, okay, well, let's, let's meet up at the church. He called me back a few minutes later. Hey, they're not going to be able to get baptized. They don't, they don't see it. So I was like, okay. So I was like, man. So I texted him back. Hey, you, know, you can still come up to church Sunday. We're having service and and, and it just didn't go how I wanted it to go. But you know what? When it gets worse instead of getting better, Moses came to deliver the children of Israel, but they resisted him. Why? Because in Exodus chapter 6 and verse 9, this is why it gets worse instead of getting better. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for the cruel bondage. They didn't listen to Moses because they had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. 
Discouragement has you paralyzed with fear thinking that you're not going to get through this one. This storm. There's no breakthrough. There's no end to the storm. But I'm going to say something that's probably not going to make you happy because I don't get happy when people say it to me. You're going to make it. Wait a second. I've got a pity party ticket printed up. I want you to feel sorry for me. I want you to feel like I'm going through this. This is the biggest storm I've ever been in. Don't tell me everything's going to be all. There ain't no weapon formed against you that's going to prosper. Shut your mouth. Let me cry a little bit here. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? Does anybody else feel that way? When somebody tells you how bad it is and they look at you and say, sounds like life to me. If I was a country artist, I'd write a song that sounds like life to me too. (laughs) But I better stick to the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Because that's just who you are. But we, we, we get into this, we get into this and we were like, you know what? I don't understand why it's getting worse. I'll tell you why it's getting worse. It's because the enemy understands how close you are to your breakthrough. The enemy understands how close you are to getting through there. See, this is what anguish is, a severe mental or physical pain of suffering. Listen to me. The enemy is working overtime to keep you discouraged, to keep you pressed down, to keep you depressed, to paralyze you with fear. Why? Because he wants anguish. He wants extreme distress about something. When the enemy of your soul sees you're getting close to your breakthrough, he will increase your burdens. Now, we don't like to hear that kind of preaching because we want it to be cotton candy and butterflies. That's not how it works. This is not a recreation room. This is a battlefield. And this is what the enemy's going to do. This is what the enemy's going to do. He's going to keep pushing it on you. He's going to keep working on you. You're struggling. The devil, this is what the devil's afraid of. When you're in the world and you're struggling, the devil is afraid of your future. But when, listen to me, but when you're in the church, the devil's afraid of your past. So many times we hear Paul said, "Press, don't forget about those things which are behind you. Press towards the mark. I want us to do all of that. But this is what the devil's afraid of. He's afraid of your testimony. He's afraid of your testimony because he's afraid if you say, you know what? The Lord delivered me from alcohol. The Lord delivered me from drugs. And you tell somebody else about it. And then they say, you know what? If he'll do it for you, he'll do it for me. He's afraid of that testimony. I'm going to get a nice... Drink of this real fancy water. We get Walmart water at home. He knew what he was doing when he made water, didn't he? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. the enemy can get you to focus on you are still in this storm but God wants you to focus on being still in the storm the disciples had just lost John the Baptist I don't even know where my timer's at I'm not going to worry about it I only get to come here every once in a while maybe next time I'll come I'll lose weight I want to come back and see the new building but that means it has to be this year. <laughs> so, come back here. Hey, if you get it all put up, I'll paint it. How's that sound? I'm a good painter. I'm a good, aren't I? I'm a good painter, aren't I? Oh, she just got back at me. You saw that? 
I asked her the other night, I said, baby, you're going to love me when I get old and fat? She said, I do. Where <laughs> Brother Anthony is the body, it's the temple. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, putting on a, I'm putting on a deck, I think. That's right. That's right. But you know what? The disciples are dealing with our text today we read. The disciples were dealing with the loss of John the Baptist. He calls out. Herod's sin says you can't marry that woman. That's your sister's, that's your brother's wife. And uh, it cost him his life because her daughter danced, and boy, she must have been a good dancer because she, he said, whatever you want, you can have it. And this is gruesome. Some of you that don't read the Bible, man, there's some pretty crazy stories in the Bible. There's love stories. There's a lot of killing and stuff, but there's a lot of hope too, so don't, don't get anybody to get discouraged on that. But she says, all right, I just want John the Baptist's head on a, on a platter. Then he's like, ah, I shouldn't have said that. So they go to bury John's body, and they go and tell Jesus. And so Jesus says, you know what we'll do? Let's, let's, let's perform a miracle together. You're going to help me do this. There's 5,000 men, and then there's women and children. So let's feed all of them with this five loaves and two fishes. That would be like me getting a Reese's Pieces cup, peanut butter cup, which I like. I like Snickers better, but get one of those and say, okay, everybody's going to have that today. We're all going to have as much as we want of the Reese's peanut butter cup. And I've got two of them up here. We, we look at this miracle like the disciples looked at this miracle. That blows my mind. Can you imagine being a disciple and say, well, this kid's got this lunch here. His mom packed him a lunch, but what are we going to do with this? I mean, this is not much. And if we have to pay for this, Lord, we left our jobs. We're now nonprofits instead of profits. <laughs> and so, so they take this, and he starts to, so they're, 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 they're feeding the 5,000. They're breaking it for them. They're, have, they're passing it out, and they're watching this. And, and this is what I want to tell somebody. Even when things are going good and you're in, involved in great services and stuff that doesn't take away the grief it doesn't take away the pain it doesn't take away the hurt it doesn't take away the stress because we all want I want I want the pill to take and I drop like 90 pounds overnight then I could wear a suit like that well, I probably wouldn't do that but I would ha I could lose I could lose 90 pounds only because I don't look good in that color. You do. You look great in that color. But I, I want to lose. I just want to take a pill. I don't want to eat less calories and work out. I don't want to do that. Matter of fact, I was on two diets last month. Because the first one, I was like starving. And I was like, we got to do something else. We got to do the low carb and then something else. Let's give me some bread. But, what I, what, but the pill, the pill, you take the pill, all this weight. That, that's what we want. We don't want to work through burning calories. We don't want to eat less calories. We don't want to do all this kind of stuff. We want, we want the magic. We want it quick. And so we, we can experience good things, but we're still, we're still going through some stuff. We're still, we're still struggling even though we've seen this miracle. And, and so Jesus lets them perform this miracle with them. And, and then when we pick up on our text today, 
It's right after that. They feed the 5,000 and, and Jesus constrains them. He makes them get into this boat. They're hurting. They're anxious. They're grieving. They're trying to process everything. Why did Jesus constrain them to get into this boat knowing that they're going to face a storm? Here's the reason why. You won't get a revelation in your comfort zone. Because you are human just like I am. When the bills are paid and you got a little extra to go up and get to all you can eat crab legs... You don't think about, how am I going to pay that bill? Lord, you got to send somebody with a check so that I can get my rent paid. You don't pray those prayers when things are going good. You pray different when you're in a storm. You talk different when you're going through something. You act different when you're going through something. When things are going good, you forget about all of those things. But boy, when you're in, a, when you're in your comfort zone, you're not going to get the revelation that God is going to give you in a storm because God's storms develop you. They mature you. They grow you. They minister to you through the storm. They strengthen you and they develop you. They'll shake you to your core. They'll challenge your faith. They'll test your resolve and they'll check your character. However, they will not overwhelm you. Because you're still in the storm. Still in the storm. There's my 25 minutes and I don't even know how to turn off my dog barking. I'm going to preach on for just a few more minutes. Is that all right? You're asking why do I have to face the storms? Because storms change us. They strengthen us. They define our character. They teach us to trust. They teach us to trust. You don't know what you're made of until you go through something. You can't learn God's ability until you face adversity. You can't know that he's a healer unless you're sick. You can't know that he's a provider unless you need provision. You just can't do it, and we want to do those things, but we can't. We're going through them. We develop, we discover, we grow, and we mature, and we change when we're in the storm. In your storm, you'll get revelation. You'll get new dimension. You'll get new anointing, and you will have revival. Now, I want to say this to you all because I understand this. Now, your pastor, he was supposed to be relaxing and taking it easy. And there was multiple times that I looked at him and I said, would you please stop doing church work and, and sit here and talk to me? But he's a bulldog. He's not going to take no for an answer. He's not, he, well, okay, yeah, go ahead. Take that over there and drop it on their desk because we're not going to wait four to eight weeks. But you know what? This is what I know. That, that was stressful to him. You're still going to have revival, but there's going to be some prices of resistance of revival. A friend of mine just broke ground in Illinois. And he said, Trent, he said, we broke ground. And he said, we had two families leave. And he said, out of the blue, this, that, and the other. He said, but I will not be intimidated. I will not be intimidated by that because God's going to provide and he's going to take care of it. But there's a resistance. There's that resistance. It's running against the wind. It's running against the wind. But you just got to keep on going. You got to keep on going. The enemy wants you to jump ship, but God says, I want you to just be still in this. Everything's going to be all, all right. So the disciples, they obeyed God. Now, this is, what's, this is what scares me when you read this story. It's you four guys stand up. Guys look sharp. All right, so Jesus says, All right, let's go get up on a platform. Get up on a platform. Get up in the boat. 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 And so Jesus says, Okay, guys, go. Go across the sea. Well, wait a second. Jesus, you're not going to come with us? Not this trip. Now, how many of you have ever had him say, 
do this, and you step out and you turn around and he's not right there. He constrained him into the boat. I'm just going to be totally transparent. We're not live streaming this, right? We, we are? I don't care. I stepped out in faith. Felt like I'd heard the will of God. I stepped out in faith. And then I got out there, and I'm like, Peter, whoa, wait a second. This is not what I thought it was going to be. I see the waves now, and fear grips me. I was, I, was, I was full of faith when I stepped out when I thought I'd heard God get in that boat. Yes, sir, I'm going to get in that boat. I'm going to get in there, and I'm going to start rowing. I didn't know that he was going to put me in a storm. But he needed to get me in a storm so I could have a revelation and say, hey, I'm going to be still because I'm going to know. I'm going to figure this all out. I've got to get this down. You guys can be seated. Great job. But you know what? Sometimes we step out in faith and we think, did I hear God? Did I hear him say to do this? Because it doesn't seem like, it seems like he's further away than he was before. But he's up there praying for me. And so I, 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 want, I want us to understand this, and I'm going to move quickly. So we, we, we get out there in the middle of the sea, and we're rowing, and we're rowing against the wind. and we're, we're, It's contrary wind. We can't remember the past victories. We can't for sure, we can't see God's future victories in store for us. We read in Mark where he says, they forgot about the loaves and the fishes. They just performed an unbelievable miracle. And they're in the boat scared to death for their lives. They're thinking they're going under. They think they're dying. They think they can't take it. They're not going to make this thing. And they were dealing with grief. They were hurt. They were exhausted. They were depressed. And they were frustrated. And they're in the boat rowing and going nowhere. So Jesus, he walks out there. Walks out onto the water. We all know the story. They think he's a ghost. Add insult to injury. Let me just tell you something. We start hallucinating when we're in fear. We start, brain, we, we start building scenarios that are never going to happen. I lived in a house when I was in Indiana. I lived by myself. And why is it that when you hear a noise outside, I don't care how close you are to a prison, you think some axe murderer is outside your door. Anybody else like that? Like, how did they find my house? And I'm laying there and I hear, I'm like, is he sharpening that sickle? So I get up, get my flashlight, go get my butcher knife, walk outside, and the telephone lines go up in the wind. In my mind, I'm going to have to fight some bad guy. But it was all in my mind. These disciples are like, there's a ghost. We're already tired. We're already frustrated. We're already scared. We're already down in the dumps. We're already depressed. We're thinking about John being beheaded. We're thinking all of these things. And there's a ghost coming up at insult to injury. But then he calls out to them. And he says this. Be of good cheer. Oh, really? Turn that frown upside down. <laughs> Lord, do you know what I'm facing? Do you know what I'm dealing with? Do you know what my family is going through? Do you know what my relatives are saying about me? Do you know what has happened in our home? Do you understand all of this? Do you understand this, that, and the other? And you're telling me to be of good cheer? 
You're telling me to be of good cheer. Lord, are you serious? Then John 16 and 33 says, I'm telling you all of this because I want you to have confidence. I want you to have peace. Because in the world, you're going to have tribulations. You're going to have trials. But be of, why should I be of good cheer? He says, because I've overcome this world. And I've deprived it from the power to harm you. That's why when you're going through hell, you just got to keep on going. And you put a smile on your face. And you just keep saying, you know what? He's got this under control. I'm still in the storm. Then he says, be of good cheer. Three words. It is I. Translated to the Greek, it's two words. I am. When you're in the storm, the I am is there. I am your refuge. I am your help in the time of trouble. I am your peace. I am your joy. I am your provider. I am your salvation. They received a revelation of who Jesus was. Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, I'm God. I'm Jehovah in the flesh. He revealed to them he's the one God in flesh. Peter got a revelation of who Jesus was. Jehovah saves. Jehovah becomes our salvation. In the storm, he got a revelation because in Mark chapter 16 and verse 16, and Simon Peter answers and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Once he got the revelation, the storm stopped. I want somebody to hear that. Once he got the revelation, the storm stopped. What is he teaching you in your storm? Learn it. Had an elder tell me one time, Trent, pass the test because you'll take it again if you don't. Pass the test. Whatever he's trying to teach you in this, pass the test. What's he trying to reveal to you? What revelation do you need to get out of this storm? To all us know-it-alls, I don't know what he's trying to teach me. Well, you better start praying. Lord, what are you trying to show me? What, I'm, what, do, I, what do I need to do? He gave them a revelation. And this is what I want somebody else to hear, and then I'm about done. Um, I am done. Musicians come. Still in a storm. Disciples received a revelation of who he was by watching Peter. Because Peter was the only one that was crazy enough to jump out of the boat. Folks, we may not like this, but they're watching us. Not Big Brother, but they're watching us. The people you work with. I told our church Sunday, I said, if they arrested you for being a Christian, could they prove in a court of law with evidence that you are? Because they're going to call in witnesses. They were going to call in our employees. They work with us. Now has, they, they called us back in the day, we'd have been in trouble, but when they called me in the day, I could, I could tell them that you're a Christian. You couldn't have said that about me 40 years ago. But you know what? They're watching us. And when you go through health situations, you go through financial problems, you go through difficulties in your family, your marriage, and you come out on the other side better. You didn't give up. You didn't throw in the towel. You didn't quit. 
they're saying, they got something, but I, I need to figure what they've got out because I've seen people that have thrown in the towel for a lot less. Your coworkers are watching you. Your family is watching you. They may not act like they are, but they're watching you. And the disciples got a revelation of because they watched Peter. I want to encourage you to be what you need to be. Still. Let him take control. Let him take control. Keep on holding on. Don't quit when you're running against the wind. When things don't look like they're getting any better, just understand you're getting close to a breakthrough. And the enemy is going to try to make it worse before he breaks through. Still in a storm. Because we're all going to either go, we're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, are headed into a storm. There's no escaping them. But I want to be still in my storm and just know that he's God. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's sing and open this altar today for you to let the Lord just reassure you and say, hey, I am. I'm here. I'm here. I know it doesn't feel like it. I know you don't see it right now, but I, I'm here. I'm here, and I want to reassure you that everything's going to be all right. Just be still in the storm. And when the storm's over, you'll get your revelation. You'll get what he's wanted you to get, and you'll be better because of it.